Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenaway brings us back to the Psalms of Ascent, which are Psalms 120 through 134. We look at Psalm 133 this week and see how awesome it is to be in community with God's people. Dallas challenges us to move towards healthy, godly community and being vulnerable with the people around us, whether that's in our small groups, families, or friends. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning once again, everybody. You guys still doing good? Theme song. The Psalms of Ascent. Okay, that's it. That's the song. Was that pretty good? Thankfully, that's the only, that's the last time I, that wasn't good, Anna? Okay, wow. Wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I did my best, okay? I spent, I was up all night writing those lyrics, okay? Uh, It was crazy. We are in the second and final week of said Psalms of Ascent, all right, in in this little, it was just a two-week series. So uh, if you missed last week, well, you missed last week, but you're here this week, all right? So uh, this is also, and I can't believe it, it is pretty sad that this is the last week of eighth graders being here, right? So just just give one tear, one tear drop on your cheek for the eighth graders, okay? You can get a tattooed teardrop on your cheek for every eighth grader. You'll have, you'll have a lot of tears on, tattooed on your cheek. Um, so does anybody remember last week we started talking about this series, right? Um, the Psalms of Ascent. So the Psalms of Ascent are 15 Psalms. Remember, there's 150. There's a song book in the Bible. It's called the Book of Psalms. And there's 150 of them in there. And 15 of them, uh, Psalms 120 through 134, all right, if you add those up, there's 15, are these Psalms of Ascent. Does anybody know why they are called that? Does anybody remember why I made it from last week? Samantha. That's right. They sang those songs. One of the reasons, uh, there's actually two. One of the reasons was because they literally, when they went to Jerusalem three times a year for these feasts or festivals, things like Passover, right? They would, this was like the playlist. They, remember, they didn't have Spotify or Apple Music. I know that's shocking. Uh, but back in the days of the ancient Hebrews, they didn't even have, they didn't even have phones. Guys, can you believe that? I know your mind is blown. Your mind is blown. How do, how do they call each other, right? How do they tell each other what was happening? I guess they just used, like, the cups and attached strings to the cups. I don't even know if they had string back then. I'm just kidding. They had some sort of string. Uh, messenger, messenger donkeys, probably. Donkeys back in the day used to have wings, and they would fly. Yeah, so, and then they, they evolutionized into doves, Okay. What are you doing? You're getting me way off track. Uh, so they would, when they would go up to Jerusalem, they literally, we say go up because they literally had to like go up a hill or, or mountain type thing to get up to Jerusalem. So they were the songs of ascent. These are songs that they would sing on their way there. And it was kind of like their playlist. And so whether they were, you know, just going with a few family members or some other groups of people joined in with them, everybody was familiar with these songs and they sang them. Uh, what, what's another reason? So they physically were like going up somewhere, ascending. Uh, But there's kind of like a metaphor portion of this too. Does anybody remember that angle of the Psalms of Ascent? Eben, you do? Or you just, what what are you doing? You're telling somebody to be quiet? Using the force? Okay. Uh, So the metaphor side of this though is that these songs, as they would sing them, they would be a reminder 
uh, of like, hey, our hearts and our eyes are meant to be set upwards towards God. That as we're going through life, no matter what comes our way, if it's a time that we need help in, like we read last week, remember the, the picture of the little bunny rabbit surrounded by snarling wolves or dogs, right? If you weren't here, you can listen to the podcast. Or uh, the bird trapped in the snare, right? A trap. And the bird, there's no way the bird's getting out of this. But they need help. And sometimes, often, we need help. And we saw last week that God is our help, right? There's uh, other psalms in in these 15 that talk about uh, needing God's mercy and needing security and needing hope and, and joy and all these things and how God is the one who provides those things and embodies those things. And today we're going to read about community. So you can go ahead and turn to Psalm 133. And as, as we get there, I'm actually going to share a story. I, I kind of wanted to tell you guys about this guy last week, but I didn't know uh, how to fit it in and we kind of ran out of time. But I kind of had a story this week that, that really ties in well with what we talked about uh, as far as God being our help. Um, so last week we looked at Psalm 124 and saw how God is our help. In, in times of need. And when I pulled up that Sunday morning, I got out of my truck, it was like a little before eight o'clock, and another guy uh, pulled up beside me and, you know, got out of his car and kind of looked like he was going to make his way into church. So it's not, like, it's pretty normal, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that I don't know here, and so I wasn't familiar with him. But, but when he got out of the car, instead of just walking straight to church, which I thought he was going to do, he was like, hey, so is service about to start yet? And it's like, you know, a little bit before eight, and I was like, uh, clearly this guy, you know, he's not He's not a regular here at Fellowship Greenville. I said, no, we don't have service until nine, but there's also one at 11. So like, if you want to go eat breakfast or something and come back, he's like, oh, okay, well, you guys got like Bible study? And I was like, uh, no, or like Sunday school, I guess is what he said. And I said, no, everybody here right now is, you know, either volunteering or they're on staff. And he's like, okay, okay. And then he just like, he just kind of started sharing about his life to me. And that's literally like the progression. Like, hey, is anything happening? Nope. All right, well, let me tell you about my life, right? So this guy, I found out later that his name is, is Brad. And, um, and he just started telling me like a bunch of tough stuff that he had been through, like losing his job and not having the money to pay for his car or for his phone bill, um, being behind on, on things like rent. Um, he told me about how a church that he used to be a part of, just because he didn't dress nice enough, um, they asked him to leave, which is like, sounds crazy, but it probably happens more often than we, than we know. And just a lot of, a lot of hurt, like there were more, you know, maybe some more personal things um, that, that he told me, but over and over again, it was like, he just had been beaten down and left alone. And, and the phrase that he used to me when he was talking about like, so why did he show up here was, he said, I just, I just came here because I just feel like I have nowhere else to go. I've, got to, I've just got to lay it all at the altar. And if that's, not, if that's not a picture of somebody in need of help, somebody trapped like that little bunny rabbit, right? Trapped all, all these wolves around him. Like if that's not somebody who's trapped and has no place to go, like I don't know what is. Like he, he didn't have any jobs lined up. He didn't have any, really didn't have any hope. He kind of was like, I just feel like I just need to get out of here and like maybe just leave the state and get some sort of fresh start or something. And so he, you know, said, basically, can I, can I go talk to somebody? Can I talk to the preacher is what he said. And so I, I was like, yeah, let's, let's see if we can find you somebody to talk to. And so we walked back to the pastor's offices and one of our pastors, Trenton Stokes was back there. And I was like, hey, Trenton, do you think you could talk with this guy? Because remember, I kind of had to just come up here for, to get ready for middle school stuff. And so Trenton ended up talking to him for over an hour. 
And uh, I didn't find that out until Tuesday when I saw Trenton next. And I was like, hey, so what happened with Brad? And um, Trenton said, well, actually, he's supposed to call me today. But, you know, we talked. And, man, he's definitely got a lot of, a lot of stuff, like, on his heart and a lot of hurt in his past. I mean, he's a guy who needs help. And so later on that day, I was walking down there for coffee, and Brad was just like out sitting in the commons area uh, on the phone. And as soon as he got off the phone, he, he came up to me and he like shook my hand. He shook it really hard. And I was like, oh man, this is like one of those handshakes you want to get out of as quick as possible, right? Because like my hand's tiny and he's not a real big guy, but his grip was rough. So please, Brad, save my hand. Uh, but he, he just was like, Dallas, you're never going to believe what happened. And he started telling me, again, this is Tuesday, like Tuesday afternoon, maybe after lunch, and we, we had just talked on Sunday. There was like no hope on Sunday. And he started telling me like, my sister and I have reconnected after 30 years of not talking. I'm not talking. Can you imagine like, I, I'm not even 30 years old, right? So older than me, this guy hasn't even talked to his sister in that long, which you're like, wow, you're really old, right? Uh, but he hadn't talked to his sister in 30 years and out of the blue, she just randomly called him. And said, like, you know, that she'd been praying for him, praying that their relationship would be restored and that his relationship with him and God would be restored. And then he told me, he was like, you won't believe this. I've got three job interviews lined up. And one of the people has basically already offered me the job. Again, on Sunday, none of that was happening, right? None of that. And yet just two days later, God's showing up in his life. And he just, he just started telling me how thankful he was for our church and for Trenton and for in some way, shape, or form, myself. And it, it was just like one of those moments of like, if you ever doubt, does God care? Does he see your helpless and hopeless situation? If you're ever wondering if what we read about in Psalm 124 last week is true, just remember Brad's story. And in some ways, probably remember your own because you and I have likely been in situations like that too where it just felt like whatever it was, in a small or big way, there was no way things were going to change. There was no hope in that moment until God showed up and showed himself to be our help. So I just felt like that was a really cool, tangible story. And we're going to keep, uh, keep staying connected to Brad. He's going to come in and meet with Trenton on a regular basis. And um, he, he did. He got a job offer up in Maine. Uh, but he's just kind of decided not to take it because he wants to stay here and be a part of be a part of our church, which is really cool. So I think he's going to take a job in Fountain Inn um, and just, I mean, God's, God's just opening some doors for him and opening some doors for, for him to be a part of this, this church. So God showed up in a very tangible way and was, was Brad's help and is Brad's help. And one of the ways that God actually did that was maybe Brad didn't realize it, but as much as he thought that he was going to come to church to connect with God, he actually ended up connecting with God and with God's people which is kind of what we're reading about today, how awesome it is, real, healthy, godly community. Like real friendships, brothers and sisters in Christ actually living like brothers and sisters should, right? And some of that has some messiness in it, right? It's a lot more like our actual brother and sister relationships sometimes than we may want it to be. But that, that's, that's what we're going to read about today. So again, turn to Psalm 133. And again, these, this series has kind of been based on a book that we read uh, over the summer. It's a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, written by a guy named Eugene Peterson. So if you want to, uh, if you are looking for a book to read, 
Um, it's not it's not too difficult. It's a pretty easy read, and it's it's got basically one chapter for every one of those fifteen psalms. So maybe remember that book or or write it down if you're a if you're a big reader, right? So here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna read Psalm one thirty three. There's literally three verses to it. Okay, we're gonna um, talk about it, kind of go back and look at each one, and then uh, then wrap up and get to hang out for a little bit. All right, get to practice what we're learning. So here we go. Psalm one thirty three. It says a song of ascents. Of David, right? So just in case you're wondering, this is still one of the songs of ascent, and it was written by uh, most likely David, right? So it says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore, all right? So some words, uh, hopefully, that you're familiar with, some pictures that you may not be familiar with, right? So let's, let's go ahead and start. It says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Really, you could say brothers and sisters. Here's what he's saying right here. He's saying how awesome, how amazing, how good, how pleasant it is when God's people, brothers and sisters in Christ, actually live together, and live like God's people together. Now, maybe not exactly in the same house, right? But have you ever been a part of a group where, like, when you get together with that group, man, it just feels like, like, that's home. Like, that's the place you want to be. So much so that when you leave that group of people, like, you, you just can't wait. You count down the days until you get back together with that group, right? Like, maybe it's some of your close friends. Maybe it's just, like, two, two of your best friends, Maybe it's like a group of like 15 of you and you're like, man, when we get together and do like whatever you do, you're just hanging out and enjoying each other. You might not even have a real agenda, but just being together is like the best thing in the world, right? And what are the reasons for that? Like, actually, let's popcorn some answers. Why do you like being with that group of people? Does anybody have any reasons? I didn't do this in first hour. Let's see how it works. Nick, why do you like being with that group of people? Makes you not feel like you're alone, right? Feels like you're a part of something. Anybody else, Blake? Yeah, like you can share hard stuff, right? Feels like you got a, a safe place to share, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just to have fun, right? Just to get out of the house. Maybe sometimes your own, like, blood family can be hard to deal with, right? I know that mine can at times. And so, yeah, just to, just to get away from some things, just to enjoy time with people. Evie? Laughing so much more. Yeah, there's like a joy. There's, a, there, there's laughter, right? There, it's just fun to be with people. Yeah, all, all of these things are right. That, that's some of what he's talking about here, right? He's talking about, hey, that when, when we get together as brothers and sisters in Christ and really live like we're commanded to, as, as real, uh, godly, healthy brothers and sisters in Christ, we can. We can have a lot of fun together. We can share the hard things. In fact, the, the Bible talks about it this way. It says that we can carry one another's burdens. That when something is going on in your life, maybe like what Brad was dealing with uh, over the past few weeks, that he, he could come to the people of God and know that they would rally around him and help him with the things that he needs help with, right? Yeah, there, there's part of this that when you are with those group of people, like you don't leave discouraged, you leave encouraged, Right? Because here's the deal, you guys know, you know what it's like to be in that kind of group of people, hopefully, right? 
Like whether it's just like being at your grandparents or, you know, for me, it was actually being at church. Like every Sunday and every, for me, when I, when I was in high school, it was on Tuesday nights. And on Tuesday nights and Sunday mornings, I could not wait to be there. Why? Because like I knew that I was loved by the people who were there and, and, and that I, I loved them. Like we would, we could share the hard things and they would actually listen and they would actually remember like when I came back the next week, it wasn't like, hey, we never had that conversation, but they were, you know, texting me throughout the week. Or when, when we did come back, they were like, hey, how's that, how's that thing at school going? I, we did. We were able to have a whole, whole lot of fun. When I got with them, it wasn't like we were just, you know, beating each other up with our, with our words or even physically, right? But they were encouraging me. And more than just like telling me that, that I'm awesome, these true brothers and sisters in Christ, what they were doing ultimately was pointing me to God saying, hey, remember how awesome God is that despite what you're going through right now, he's, he's greater. Through him, you can overcome. Hopefully you've tasted a little bit of what that's like, but, but we know the opposite, right? We, we know how, how rough it is to be around a group of people that when you leave, like you just feel not great. Maybe not great about yourself. Maybe because of how they've talked to you, right? Remember, you can use your words to build somebody up. You can use your words to tear somebody down. We know what it is to feel like nobody listens to us. Even when we're surrounded by a group of people, we can feel super lonely, right? We know the good side of friendships and people and even God's people. And we know the, the tough things when we get around certain people, sometimes even, even God's people. See, David actually, actually says in here, there's a key word I don't want you to miss. He says, behold, how good and pleasant it is, how awesome it is when things are going well. But he, says, he, he, he does say that word when. When brothers and sisters dwell in unity. Because here, here's what he knows is that as great as it is that many of us in here are, are brothers and sisters in Christ, we have trusted in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He knows that brothers and sisters are in Christ are just like brothers and sisters out of Christ. Sometimes things are going really, really well, like in your blood family, right? But other times you fight. Has anybody ever fought with your brother or sister or somebody in your family? Anybody? Yeah, all of us, right? With somebody in your family, right? Even if you're an only child, you've probably fought with your parents, as, as sad as that is, right? We've all done it. And in the same way, when we are not living well, in, when we're not living in community or living in unity, with brothers and sisters in Christ, like, we live, we're living in disunity. Things can just as easily go, go terribly, terribly wrong, right? But I don't know about you, but, like, I, I want the unity. I want the pleasant and good that he talks about in verse 1. I want to know that I have this group of people that I can rely on, that I can trust in, and that I know I'm going to leave encouraged and I'm going I'm to be sharpened by them. As iron sharpens iron, right? That's the kind of friendships I want. So let me ask you this question before we go on and kind of look at his, his word pictures. But who in your life right now is that group of people? Is it like just a couple friends? <laughs> Ben's back there putting his arm around people, right? Like, these are my boys. Is it, is it somebody here at church? Is it somebody at your school? Is it maybe right now for you, it is your family. Like, you haven't been here very long in Greenville. And so right now, like, you're 
your community, your brothers and sisters in Christ who are going to hold you up and be good and pleasant to be around, that's, that's like your actual family. Who is that for you? Do, you? do you have anybody that is that for you? Maybe, maybe today that, this might be the push you need to move towards that community. We'll, we'll keep talking about that, right? Let's look at the word pictures that he gives us uh, so we know, okay, it's good and pleasant when we're actually living as, as good brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's kind of the pictures. I think they're kind of funny. Uh, it is like the precious oil, verse 2, on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. Here's what I want you to do is turn to your neighbor and just say, your friendship is like beard oil. Your friendship is like really good beard oil, right? So it's kind of weird. It's not actually talking about beard oil, okay? But it does talk about oil getting into the beard, and that's what it made me think of. I should have brought, I actually have some, a little uh, thing of, of beard oil, right? And beard oil is actually made, uh, you know, to kind of be refreshing, to your skin, right? To help with some of the itchiness that happens, to help make sure that your beard grows healthy. And before we get into what he's actually talking about here, right? Like, I, I do think that's part of what this community, what, what brothers and sisters in Christ should be for each other, that we would help with itchiness on, our, on each other's faces, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Evie, do you have a comment on this? Am I going to grow a beard? I am. Can you not see it? It's huge. It's because it's blonde, okay? Kind of. Uh, it's silver, is that what you said? Oh, it's stubble, okay, thank you. <laughs> Compared to Christians. Hey, li- listen, Christians are different links, just like beards are different links, okay? I don't know what that means, but just write it down. Um, so, but, but our, our friendship with each other, brothers and sisters, being family, it should be something that like helps us grow, right? Helps us grow in a healthy way, and maybe... Maybe that's why I'm talking about beard oil right now. So, but what's he actually talking about? He's talking about really anointing oil, okay? He's talking about anointing oil, which is something that's pretty foreign from what we talk about on a regular basis here. But there was a guy who was the high priest, and in this specific case, he's talking about Aaron, the high priest, and how they, they, would, they had this like special oil designated only for the high priest that they would anoint his head with and like the picture here is that it's so much oil, so much of this goodness, so much of this, this special oil that it just overflows onto every part of, of Aaron's robe and just covers him, right? So he's saying that like true brother-sister relationships that are lived out well, lived in unity, they're like the best of the best anointing oil, right? So here's the deal with this oil. Like we probably think of like, so they just dumped a bunch of olive oil on these guys, right? Like some of it was kind of olive oil-y, right? I think olive oil was, was a component of this, but it, it was typically, it was something that was like warm oil, which again kind of sounds weird, right? But don't think of like super hot oil, but just warm, like maybe just think of a nice warm shower. Uh, it was oil that smelt good. So when I read about it this week, they made it with cinnamon, right? So it would have had a sweet smell to it. Uh, and it, the oil, when you think about oil, I mean, it's kind of got this like glistening, maybe even goldish kind of look to it, right? Like it was, it was the best of the best. And again, they, they reserved it only for the high priest when he would go to God on behalf of the people. So he's saying that, that our relationships, our friendships are like the best of the best anointing oil, right? Golden, like sweet smelling. They, they, they set a positive atmosphere, right? Like, there's, there's a lot of positive things. Maybe, maybe think about it like this. Like, 
the way a good candle just like transforms a room, right? And just makes the room smell so much better than your B.O. infested boys middle school room, right? Uh, so true friendships, dwelling in unity is like the best of the best oil. And then this last picture that he gives us in verse three says, it is like the dew of Hermon, who's Hermon, uh, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. So the second picture he gives us is, is dew. And you got to remember, like we're talking about in ancient Israel where most of the land was desert, right? And still is. And this, this mountain that he's talking about would have been one of the few places where there's more like lush grass and green things like we typically think about living in, in Greenville, right? And the higher you get up in elevation, you may not have known this, but the more, like the, the thicker the dew is every morning, right? So this is not just true in ancient Israel, but it, it's true. What is it? It is. I think it's Mountain Dew. That's the holy dew that he's talking about here. So he's saying that friendship... Is, is, is like this dew, which the dew is important, right? I mean, it's, it comes every morning. Maybe it's a reminder of God's new mercies, right? I even think that when you think about dew coming every morning, I think it's a reminder that if you don't currently have friendships like this, like maybe if, we're, if you're sitting there thinking and you're like, man, I don't know that I have a group of people who are, are like what you're talking about. Maybe just remember this picture of dew. Dew comes every single morning. It's, it's new, right? You don't see it pop up in the afternoon, but every morning it starts with a new day. I think that every day you have a chance to move towards this type of community. Maybe you haven't had it yet. Maybe it's been a while since you have. Like maybe you just find yourself more often than not now in the wrong group of friends, but you're like, man, I want to get back to that. Th- then remember, just like the dew is new every morning, that you have a new chance every day to move towards true community. But the dew is also this. It's something that refreshes the land, something that actually helps with the growth, maybe kind of like beard oil. And, and in the same way, here's the deal. Us living in unity among God's people, unity should refresh us and makes a pleasant atmosphere for all. Like our unity should set the tone and change the mood for the room that we're in, the people that we're with. Go ahead and put that slide up there, Joel. Among God's people, unity refreshes and makes a pleasant atmosphere for all. Just as the dew sets the tone for the new day, refreshes the grass, cools it down, that's what unity should be like. With God's people, with brothers and sisters in Christ. And then that last little bit, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. See, this community, unity, brothers and sisters in Christ, it's not just a good suggestion, but it's actually a commandment from God himself. All throughout the Bible, it's clear we're not meant to do this life alone. We can't. There's a lot of people who try. Maybe you've heard about this, but in the UK now, uh, they have government officials that they, they call ministers, right, which is for us a churchy word, but they, they call these government officials ministers. They have a minister of loneliness now. Somebody who's in charge of making sure that, that people who are lonely, that the government is doing something to take care of them. Isn't that interesting? One of the things I didn't tell first service about this, one of the things, um, it's, this is both really sad and kind of creepy and, um, I don't know, it just makes you think. But one of the things that the minister of loneliness is doing in the U.K., is they've started to set aside benches like in the uh, just around the city uh, or, or cities, 
And these benches are designated as, if you're sitting in this bench, that means that you actually want somebody to talk to you. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, other benches, like it's not uncommon for people to be like just on their phones the whole time, but it's like this is a designated you need slash want somebody to talk with you, right? Because they're so, they're so lonely. We're so lonely. We're at this like time more than any other time where we, we can easily be connected to other people and yet we're more lonely than we've ever been. And maybe you feel that as we're talking about community. We can talk about it afterwards, Lex. Uh, as we're talking about this, maybe you feel that. Like, I don't have friends like that. I mean, I have friends that, like, they're good friends, but I, don't, I can't share things with them. I don't, I don't, like, get super excited to hang out with them every time, right? Like, sometimes I come away and I'm pretty discouraged. Here's, here's the bottom line for this morning as we're talking about how great community can be. It's, it's a challenge, maybe a, a final push, for you and I to move towards healthy, godly relationships in some way, shape, or form. Move towards healthy, godly community in some way, shape, or form. We all need to do it, even those of us who have that kind of relationship right now with somebody or some bodies. So how for you do you need to move? Maybe for somebody in here, this is like the, the final push you need to be on something like Epic. Maybe one of the reasons you haven't signed up for Epic yet is because you don't know anybody or you feel like you don't know anybody. And honestly, that's a pretty, that's a pretty decent reason to not sign up. Like, I, I would be nervous too. I can totally relate to that. But Epic is an incredible place for you to step out in faith just a couple days and maybe meet somebody new, find some people, some brothers and sisters in Christ who might be for you what we've been talking about this morning. Maybe for some of you, this should be a charge to like, hey, engage a little bit more in your small group. Whether you're going to be in middle school with us or high school, we have small groups. And so maybe for the first time ever, you need to start speaking up in your small group. Maybe for some of you, this is just a call to like love others better. You know, maybe, maybe one of the reasons you don't have these kinds of relationships anymore is because lately you haven't been the person who's like, worth having that kind of a relationship with. Like maybe when people get around you, they leave discouraged. And a group of friends tried to hang out with you and tried to spend time with you, but little by little, you just kept speaking negative things, tearing down far more than you were building up, and slowly people started to see you less and less, and you're wondering why. You know, Jesus... Himself, he ought to be our example, like in, in all of life, and he certainly should be our example here. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, actually, the, the same guy who wrote this book, uh, he wrote the message version of the Bible. We usually use uh, the translation called the uh, ESV, the English Standard Version, and he wrote the message version, and the message version is basically like, hey, what if I took the Bible and I put it into to common language and... Um, it's a paraphrase, right? So it's not meant to be word for word. It's just kind of a paraphrase of, of uh, the, our regular Bibles. And in the message version of the Bible, in John uh, chapter 1, verse 14, it talks about Jesus in kind of a, a cool way, right? Normally your translation will say, uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word is, is Jesus here, right? But check out how this talks about it. It puts it in maybe some, some more common language, some fun language. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. 
The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I mean, literally, like Jesus, God put on flesh, became a human, started out as a little baby, right? And moved into the neighborhood, came to us for relationship, for unity between us and God. The biggest reason that he died on the cross was to bring us into relationship with with the Father, to bring us into relationship with God himself. He gave his whole life for it. He lived his whole life for it. And he's still seated at the right hand of the Father so that we might have relationship with him. All of life is about relationships. Most important being the one between us and God. Remember the first commandment, love the Father with everything that you've got. And the second one is like it, love one another with all that you've got. It's all about relationships. So what do the relationships in your life look like right now? I'll say the bottom line one more time, but move towards healthy, godly community. What does that look like for you? What steps of faith? It's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's not always going to be perfect. Remember what David said. It's great. It's pleasant. It's good when we actually live like we're called to. It's not always going to be easy, but it is going to be worth it. That last little line in there, God God will bless you. There are blessings in community that can only be experienced in community. Blessings from God that can only be experienced when we are with God's people. How are you making moves towards that? Let me pray for us. We're going to pray for eighth graders in just a second and do something fun with the last little bit we got, all right? Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for the scriptures that tell us more about who you are and what it means to live as your kingdom kids. God, I pray that for each one of us, that whether we have some awesome brother and sister in Christ relationships right now or not, would you help us know how to go one, one step further, maybe towards community for the first time or deeper into it? Help us to follow the lead of your son as he walked this earth and made life about relationship. Would you help us to do the same? We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' sweet name that we pray. Amen.